When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up, we have stories about family vacation drama, inappropriate birthday gifts, and no, I wasn't the one to give them. Wedding drama with overbearing mothers. I know that's a complete shock. Picky eaters, roommate bathroom issues, first date etiquette issues. Be funny if those two happen at the same time. Roommate, bathroom etiquette, and first date etiquette. And of course, cake stories and a spicy story as well. Am I the astronaut for acknowledging that my boyfriend's family doesn't like me and declining an invite to a trip with them? I really don't see the problem here, but my boyfriend is perturbed, so I'm going to see if I'm losing it. My boyfriend Dan and I have been together for about a year. We live in a big city while Dan is from the country, so he doesn't see his family that often. However, I have met them several times and they don't like me. That's fine. I'm not overly keen on them either. We just have nothing in common. I can see them cringing when I talk and they make snide comments about me wanting to stay in a hotel if I visit with Dan, etc. I want to be clear. I don't have any problem with this. We are all civil and can have a pleasant time over a weekend or whatever, and it really is fine that I'm not their ideal in-law. They're not mine either, but the facts are the facts. So the other night, Dan and I were having dinner with a friend of mine, and Dan mentioned his sister wanted my number so that she could invite me to a girls' weekend with her, Dan's mother, and Dan's sister-in-law. I said I could give her my number, but I'm not going to go on the trip but I would like to be polite and tell her myself and thank her for the invitation. My friend asked why I wouldn't go, and I said because Dan's family doesn't like me and I'm not going to ruin their weekend and mine by going on the trip. Dan balked at this and asked why I would say something like that. I said because it's true. Dan didn't deny this, just said that was a crass thing to say, and they invited me so I should go. I said absolutely not. Dan dropped the idea of me going, still thinks I should, but knows he won't win that battle, but is still saying that I shouldn't have been so blunt in saying that they don't like me, that it was an inappropriate thing to say, and paints them in a bad light. I don't think it does at all. It's not a crime to not like people, and you don't choose your in-laws. What are the odds you actually like them? We're all civil, and that's what counts. Dan is still upset about it, and I don't really see why he's offended. Edit, I got told to add this for context about their dislike of me. Re, how I know they don't like me. They make disparaging remarks about the way that I dress, the car that I drive, and my cosmetic surgery to my face. They ask me inappropriate personal questions. They complain about me to Dan. He told me this. They don't like me. I'm not imagining it. They don't. Okay, let's talk about this for a moment. I think it would be interesting for, for OP's hubby here to have a conversation with his family because it doesn't sound like he's talked to them at all about you know, what problem they have with her. They have enough of a problem to speak openly about it in front of her and ask her inappropriate questions, probably in an attempt to make her feel uncomfortable. So it's no secret for them. I think it's no secret to them. The only person surprised by this is probably the hubs. And he just wants to pretend like it's not a problem so that it goes away. Or they may have invited her on this trip to try to bond to try to solve whatever that issue is. But if they're just that different of people, how likely is that to happen? Now that's not to say that you can't be friends with people who are, who are different because a lot of people who are, who are wildly different can be friends, can be, you know, family members that really like each other. It doesn't have to mean you live the same kind of life, but it seems like pretty early on, they accepted the fact that, uh, that they weren't going to like her because she was different. Talking about the way she dresses, her cosmetic surgery, what she drives, just who she is as a person, her lifestyle. They they don't like her lifestyle, uh, probably because they don't see it as 
blending with their family and their lifestyle. It's not a reason to not like somebody, but OP is like, okay, no big deal. No big deal. I think it would be interesting to know what the motivations are behind that invitation. Is it because they really want to build upon something or are they just inviting her to invite her uh, because they'll feel bad if they exclude just her? Or is it because they want to they want to make her life hell for the, the duration of the trip? I don't know. Um, the question here, am I the astronaut for acknowledging that my boyfriend's family doesn't like me and declining an invite to a trip with them? No, hell no. There's nothing that says that because somebody invites you to do something, you have to do it. She was going to politely decline. What's the problem here? Maybe. Oh, it's boyfriend. Okay. Maybe boyfriend Dan here guilted them into including her with an invitation. And that's why he's upset about this. Maybe that's why he has an opinion about it at all. That's the only thing I can think of here. Title of this follower submitted story is Am I the Astronaut for Getting My Nephew a Fart Machine? It sounds like something I would do, but I did not do this. I, 35 female, see, clearly not me. I, 35 female, am a single childless adult. However, I'm a very proud auntie to my two nephews, eight and six, and one niece, eight. My eight-year-old nephew is my brother's 32 male only child, and he and the mom, 31 female, split up not long after my nephew was born. For the sake of my nephew, I've done my best to maintain a relationship with his ex for the sake of being in my nephew's life, although it hasn't always been easy, given the situation with my brother. She's also very passive-aggressive towards all of us, and there's a long history of me going out of my way to accommodate her for things like family holidays with little to no appreciation. I now live in another state, but I do my best to send gifts for Christmas and birthdays when I can afford to do so. This Christmas, I sent him a puzzle-type toy for ages 8 and up. His 8th birthday was a few weeks after Christmas, but since it isn't a matter of him choking on the toy, but rather a recommendation based on ability, and he is very smart, I didn't even think twice about it. However, she sent me a video of him opening the gift and at the end told him he can't play with it since he isn't eight years old and and had him ask me why I would send him a gift that he can't play with yet. Oh, we got ourselves another bitch biscuit, folks. Am I not supposed to say that word? Am I offending biscuits everywhere? (laughs) I was crushed. Well, the mom did later say, you can probably play with it anyways. The whole thing felt very passive-aggressive to me, as she typically is that way. Yeah. As his birthday approached, she messaged me to let me know what day his party was and to feel free to send the gifts unwrapped, and she would wrap them for me. That sounds sus. Great. Makes it much easier for me to send directly from Amazon and save a few bucks on wrapping. Fast forward to today. The gifts arrive and she messages me asking if I made a mistake and sent her the gifts for my niece by mistake. Their birthdays are a few days apart. I said no, I hadn't sent her gift yet since her party is a week later. She responded with the kind of cringe straight face smile emoji. This one, that emoji to which I replied, is there something wrong with it? All she said was a fart machine. Well, call me crazy, but I think a fart machine is a great gift for an eight-year-old. I actually searched gifts for eight-year-old boy and sent both the fart machine and a megaphone. Are they loud? Yeah, but that's the fun in being an auntie. Growing up, my aunts and uncles always got me and my brother noisy gifts, and my parents responded by doing the same for their kids once they were parents themselves. I simply responded, yeah, it looked fun. What eight-year-old wouldn't love that? And by the way, I did ask for a list before Christmas and was told he didn't have one. Now I feel like she intentionally asked me to send the gifts unwrapped with the intent to screen the gifts and he may not even get them. She isn't responding to my messages. So am I the astronaut? No, you are absolutely not. You are dealing with someone who is not just a helicopter parent, but just feeds on control over the situations completely here. The whole charade about, oh, you can't play with it yet because you're not eight years old. And it says eight and up. That was a bitch biscuit play. And it was a power move. Uh, And it was bullshit. The fact that she used this child against you like this. The fact that she, in this video, made the child ask why you would send something that he can't play with yet is terrible. And that's a good preview to the kind of shit that she pulls on her ex. So what in the world? It's it's a terrible situation. Um, And... I wouldn't trust her at all. I would not trust her at all. Um, why talk to her? Why why coordinate with her? 
I'm going back and looking here, and I'm like, it, it, he's she's the ex. For the sake of my nephew, I've done I've done my best to maintain a relationship with his ex for the sake of being in my nephew's life. Why can't she be a part of her nephew's life through her brother? Maybe he doesn't have. Maybe he doesn't get to see him because it, it, the smart play here would be don't play the games with this passive aggressive control freak. Just develop a relationship with this child through your brother. But it sounds like that's not an option somehow, but she doesn't go into why. Maybe he doesn't have visitation. Maybe he, I don't, I don't know what the issue is, but that sucks. Um, if that is an option at all, I would lean into creating the, creating the relationship with him through the brother. If that's not an option, then shit, I don't know. Definitely don't send unwrapped gifts. Even if you do send wrapped gifts now, she's probably going to unwrap them to screen them anyway, just because she wants to control everything and make everyone else look bad. That sucks. This is a her problem, and there's nothing that you can do to solve that. You just have to try to work around it. It is definitely a a her problem. That control, that need for control comes from a a deep-rooted insecurity, so just recognize it's not a you problem, and sooner or later, the kid will find it out. It's going to take some years, but, but they'll figure it out. And then you can be the cool aunt who gets to do all kinds of fun stuff. But while they are under her immediate and total control, it's going to be gated by games. This is from the AITAH subreddit and is titled, Am I the Astronaut for Throwing Cake in Someone's Face? You better have a damn good reason. So to start this out, I feel really shitty and I just need to know if I need to apologize directly to this person. Well, you already said you feel shitty. I think it's probably a good precursor here, isn't it? I, 25 female, was at my friend's daughter's birthday. I was there with my three-year-old daughter. My friend's younger brother, male 21, was there, and he was trying to put the birthday girl's face in the cake, which is his niece. We were all telling him no, and he thought it was funny and put some of her face in it anyways. Whatever. Afterward, my daughter was in line waiting for the cake patiently and excited. The cake had flowers, and the brother went up to my daughter, who he doesn't know, it's the first time he met us, and told my daughter to smell the flowers. I look over, and he slams my daughter's face into the cake, and she is crying with cake in her nose. How old is this kid? She's three? She is saying her nose hurts, and he's just laughing the whole time and did not apologize. My daughter's upset and inconsolable, and she just keeps saying, he's laughing at me. I felt so angry I was shaking. When I got my plate and piece of cake, I took it to him and slammed my whole piece of cake all over his face. He was standing next to his girlfriend. I overdid it. I know. I let my anger take over me. My friend is not mad. She said he deserves it, but I feel like she just wants to be nice. I feel like I looked crazy in front of everyone and I was impulsive. I apologized over and over to my friend and she insisted it was funny and that he learned his lesson. I have never done anything physical to someone so impulsively. He looked mad. He had to go to the bathroom and get it all off. And his girlfriend looked mad, helping him clean his face. What would you have done? Am I the Askonaut? Hell no, you're not the Askonaut. This, in my opinion here, this isn't even an equivalent. An adult male comes up to your three-year-old kid and slams their face into a cake. The equivalent there is a lot more than just shoving a piece of cake in his face. It sounds like if he enjoys picking on little kids and that makes him feel tough, uh, uh, you know, looks like you need to go find a giant and come back with him to to show him what the equivalent of that would be. This is, uh, you know, he was an asshole. He was an absolute asshole. I don't think, um, I, personally, I don't think you went far enough, OP, and a sure shit wouldn't be apologizing for it. I would be talking to the friend here and being like, why is your boyfriend such an asshole? Also, uh, hopefully you guys don't end up having kids because you just, you just saw that he's okay tormenting little kids, and it makes him feel good. So what the hell? Red flags for that. Red flags for that dude. Not okay. You would never do this to a kid, would you, Tony Spark? Listen. This guy is a brozo. He is a brozo. Here, we can go go for it. Hit the brozo button, Tony. Brozo. 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 Like, what a piece of shit human being to do. Number one, like Candy Thunder said, why are we shoving people's faces in cakes? It's 2023. I think we need to move on from that. It is what it is. 2024. Sorry. 23, 24. Close enough. Um, But when what possesses a 21-year-old adult 
to just be like, oh, hey, little three-year-old, look at that flower. Oh, bam, cake in the face. Like, what a moron. Like, why would you do? Imagine, imagine if you're at a party and somebody did this in Navy Thunder. First off, you'd have to hold Candy Thunder back. But second, like, what would you do? You watch a grown adult do that to a child. I can't talk about it on the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that guy sucks. Yeah. That guy, straight to ask on one, the worst. OP, you should have, like, put the cake in his face and then also hit him or something. Like, you should have done more than just the cake in the face. I feel like cake in the face, kicking the balls, like, I feel like it was deserved. So there was a story we read the other day about a 12-year-old kid who enjoyed scaring a, like, three-month-old baby because he thought it was funny to hear babies cry. This is this guy when he's 21. Psychopath. Yeah. No. Terrible. And the kid, three years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even like, I can't even think of a situation where it would be like funny to do that, I guess. But just, I don't understand. I don't understand what this dude was thinking. And then to be like, oh, it was funny. Like, it was just, you know. And then the fact that, like, did anybody else at the party say anything? Other The girl was like, oh, you got what you deserve. But, like, nobody's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He shouldn't have done that. No, it's just like, like what, what are we doing here? Here, we can go ahead and put him right there. Yeah. Straight task on one. Straight there, You're a jabroni. Man. Brozo. Joe Brony. All That's the things. That's his full name. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, terrible person. If somebody volunteered for it, sure. That's that's like the only that's time not, it's ever funny. Somebody yeah. somebody like throw cake in my face. Yeah. Okay, cool. Not oh hey little girl, look at the flowers. <laughs> cool. Stupid. Will I be the Askinaut if I visited my parents after my wife gives birth? My wife, Sarah, and I, both early to mid-30s, are expecting twins in early March. First and only kids for both of us. We had to go through IVF due to fertility struggles. Sarah is scheduled for a C-section due to this being a difficult pregnancy and other complications that make her high risk. Luckily, her parents are only a few hours drive away and willing to come down whenever needed. My parents live in another country, and I see them usually once a year to every year and a half. They are aware when Sarah is scheduled to have their C-section. Things have been going on that they don't know how to handle, and they want me there to help out. My parents don't have a lot of money, but they went ahead and booked me a non-refundable plane ticket to come help them and visit for six weeks. The flight date is five days after Sarah's scheduled C-section. The fact that this is even being considered is a huge red flag. What? And the fact that your family went ahead and did this and booked this non-refundable ticket to leave your wife five days after having a C-section? Lots of smart things going on here. I've asked Sarah to look into rescheduling her surgery. Wait, what? Of all the things going on here, you think that's the thing to reschedule? Okay, you're going to get this right up front here. A few weeks earlier, if possible, but she's refused, saying she's gotten herself mentally prepared for that particular date. And unless there's some sort of emergency with the twins, her OB is not going to approve pushing it up a few weeks. I told her that it would give me more time to help her directly after birth before I leave for my parents. Sarah thinks I'm crazy for even considering going for that long or at all while we have two newborns at home and she's recovering from surgery and we're getting adjusted to being new parents. If I had the money to spare, I'd hire someone to stay with Sarah while I'm gone. I gently reminded Sarah that I rarely see my family, and if they're asking and paying for me to fly there, it must be something serious that requires my presence. Wait! He doesn't even know what the f problem is? They're just like, hey, we seriously need your help with something. Here's a plane ticket. And he's like, okay, bet. No questions asked. By the way, I'm having a kid. My wife's having a C-section. This is five days after that, but yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's clarification. At parents' request, I did not tell her the nature of the issues they need help with. You don't think she has a f***ing right to know, bro? You don't think she has a right to know why you were leaving her five days after uh, giving birth via C-section? Nah. Plus, Sarah's own parents are only two to two and a half hours drive away, and I'm confident they'd drop whatever they're doing to come help should she need it. She's going to need it. Her mom works remotely and could even stay over some nights to help out with the twins. She doesn't need every once in a while help, you dick knot. 
Sarah again called me crazy and ended up telling her parents what I suggested. They're both calling me lecturing and fussing about abandoning Sarah when she needs me most. I ended up venting to my younger brother, who is also going to be flying out to our parents, but for a shorter time. He's not married and child free. And he says Sarah is way out of line and she'll be fine if I go. She's simply reacting this way due to hormones. That's the guy you should be listening to. That's the guy. Hey, hey, you know what? There's probably a reason that he's not married and child free. That's the guy. That's the guy that you should definitely be like, hey, can I get some relationship advice from you, bro? To be honest, I really want to go and my parents would lose several thousand dollars if I refused. And I have to buy myself a ticket later if I don't go then. Will I be the astronaut if I went? Yes, you would be and already are an Ascon one and not just an Ascon one. You're a brozo dipshit douche canoe Ascon one. The fact that you uttered these words and said, I really want to go means that either you're just freaking out and trying to escape about being a brand new dad, but you went through IVF. This, you did this on purpose. You went through IVF. This is not an accidental pregnancy. You did this on purpose. You had plenty of time to prepare for it. You chose to go this route. Now you're talking about leaving five days after your wife gives birth to twins with C-section. And you really want to go, that makes you a terrible person. Your wife has a right to know what is so important that it means you drop everything and and take off. And it better be like the end of the freaking world if you're abandoning her and your brand new babies to go fly halfway around the world and you won't even tell her why. There are so many red flags here. You're going to find yourself divorced and you're not going to have a relationship with your kids. That's where this is heading. It better be that freaking important. Uh... (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, here to chime in, the magnificent Candy Thunder. My. Sorry, I could I just I just got uh, pissed and I just started talking. My my eyes while I'm like reading the story are like it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um but my favorite part is that he asked um he asked her to reschedule her surgery like it's a cosmetic procedure, like she's just getting a boob job, she can do it whenever. You can't take babies out early. Like, you can't. Especially twins, because they're most likely already coming early. And this guy is just, oh my gosh, he makes me so mad. Like, even more mad than the guy that wanted his pregnant or ready-to-pop wife to to clean up his mess every day. Um, There's also, someone had said he would be coming home a single dad. He's not coming home a dad, because this... This no. is not a dad. Nope. This is not a parent. This is a choice not to be yeah. a dad, which is so confusing because it's IVF. Like that, <sighs> that's a process that you start. And, you know, if it's anything like most people, it's a, it's a several year long process of getting to the right. point where you actually have a child. So yeah. what, what now? I, I don't know. I just don't understand how you could ever make this right choice and, and, and why the parents would request it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand at all. Like what, what's going through this guy's head. And then to like, be like, well, my, my friend that's not married and has no kids chimed in and said, it must be her hormones because, you know, if a pregnant woman gets upset, that's the only logical excuse is that her hormones are raging and she's not in her right mind. F- you dude, her hormones aren't raging. You're an asshole. That's the problem. Oh, he's cheating. He could be cheating. Uh, I don't know. He, this guy just seems like an idiot. Like, he has no idea how hard taking care of babies are. If you thought IVF was hard, wait till the baby actually gets there. Right. Because it's a million times harder once the baby is there. And I've never had twins. I can't imagine having two newborns at the same time. And he's like, no, it's fine. Our parents are two and a half hours away. Because if anything happens, two and a half hours is the perfect emergency amount of time for them to get there and help with whatever the problem is. And they can stay over sometimes. The mom could stay over sometimes to help out. Because it's so easy to have one newborn and then have two while you're trying to hold them both. What a f***ing brozo asshole. Yeah, and, and discussion going on in chat. Like, why why is it going to be six weeks? Why is he going to be gone that long? What what I takes don't... that amount of time? And he still won't even tell anybody what the issue is. If it's not, <laughs> if you can't even, even say what is more important than the birth of your children and caring for your wife, it's not important. It's not more important. Right. I don't think. I don't think anything is more important than what's about to happen to you. But you've already let your wife know that something else is more important than staying there to be with your new family that you've created. And I don't think that you can ever take that back because you've already considered it. You've already thought about it. You've already you already have the plane ticket and you're planning on going. And I don't think you can like you put a ding in your relationship. And I don't think you can I don't think you can get that out. I don't think you can do anything about what the damage that you've already done to your wife. 
He's like, or his parents no and choice. witness protection. I have no choice. I have to go. Yeah. They, I, they I, called. I must respond. Something. Something's up. But but was it his younger brother that he said was, was yeah, coming? Yeah, there's already and, someone going. Yeah. Why does he need to be there too? Exactly. Or, and, or, and that's the guy you're taking advice from. Or give it, a, give it a couple months and then go to your parents and make sure her mom can be there. You don't understand how hard that first month is. And like I said, we had one baby. I can't imagine having two and how little sleep she's going to get. And he's like, it's fine. She'll be fine. They're just cutting open her entire stomach. It's fine. No big deal. By the way, can you do it early? I've got places to be yeah. and things to do. Sounds like bro needs a C-section to remove his head from his ass. Yes. It'll take more than six weeks to recover from that. This is a follower submitted story and it's titled, Am I the Askinaut for Putting My Foot Down About My Wedding? I am getting married late 2024. When I got engaged, my mother became a momzilla. When my older sister got married, it was like a courthouse with none of us there to a guy we didn't like. So my parents never got to have a big wedding or plan anything. I've never been the girl to plan out her perfect wedding and never knew right away what I wanted. The night I got engaged, my mom bombarded me with all sorts of questions and was panicking. We were engaged for about a week and she was freaking out about us picking a date for the wedding. My fiance and I originally wanted a small intimate wedding with just select family. I got screamed at for that idea. For months, my mother was on me to find a venue we wanted. When my fiancé and I found a venue we liked, we checked it out. I knew that it was the one that I wanted. My mother was trying to push us to look at a place she told us about. It was a basic wedding venue, nothing special. I told her I found what I wanted, but she, of course, complained to my dad about it. Yes, my parents are paying for the wedding. However, they have insisted on it because it's tradition. She didn't like the fact that we looked at one venue and was still trying to push for a different one. She was pestering me about the wedding and every detail about it. I mean, it was almost daily she was telling me what I needed to do for it. One of the wedding colors is black, which surprisingly she was okay with. I thought of wearing a black wedding dress and told my mother about this. I told her that I would wear a black dress and so would my bridesmaids. My mother then said, I'm going to wear a black dress. I told her if I'm wearing a black dress and so is my bridal party, then why would she? She said fine, but then told me that she wanted to renew her vows at my wedding reception. Oh, oh, she just stepped it up to a whole new level. It's not just I want to control everything. It's not I want to pay for everything. It is not I get, you know, to overrule the bride and remove her veto power. I want to actually hijack the reception and make it about me. Like not even just covertly like most mother-in-laws do. And, uh, you know, decided to throw a fit or create some drama. No, she wants to renew her vows at the reception. Cool. Not uh, not not even in this fashion asking. It's like, hey, we thought this would be really sweet. Is this something you would be open to? No, it's I want to do this. My mother also had issues with the wedding colors. She really wanted to add another color to the wedding colors. I kept telling her no. When we went wedding dress shopping, she tried that color on. She then said it could go with the colors that she wanted, and that's when I told her no. My mother has issues with basically everything. I had a dress I already owned but never got to wear due to 2020. It was my wedding colors, and I was thinking of having a skirt made to go over it. She yelled at me because that's the prom dress, not a wedding dress. And said that we are going wedding dress shopping and you will not deny me that right. When we went wedding dress shopping, she started looking at a flower girl dress. And when I told her I already had them picked out, when I showed her, when I showed her, she made a face of disgust and went, well, what about this? And I told her, no, she said what she didn't like about the dress. And I told her, well, I like it. And a good thing it's not your wedding as I walked away. Ooh, them's fighting words. My fiance decided he didn't want to wear a traditional suit and tie, which my mother, of course, had something to say about that. When it came to find a DJ and photographer for the wedding, my mom was on me for it, telling me how they book fast and I need to get on it already. I told her I've been looking around and she told me I need to get serious about it and find someone. It was every day that I was getting calls about finding one. We found a photographer, but the DJ was still up in the air. I told my mother, worst case, we'll use the speaker if needed. That it wasn't the end of the world. Oh my gosh, how my mother threw a huge fit. She told me that it would be trashy and that she's not paying for a trashy wedding. I told her that I never wanted this kind of wedding and I didn't ask for her help. Which I was told, yes you did, you can't pay for this on your own. 
It was then that I ended the call with my mother and I didn't talk to her for a day. My fiance and I were so close to just calling off the wedding. I sent my mother a message stating it's a worst case scenario and it doesn't make it trashy. I told her that they have insisted on paying for the wedding. If they don't want to, then fine. However, if they do, then it's not to be held over my head. My mother has not talked to me much since I said all that. She claims that I don't love her, that I hate her, and she doesn't know what she did to deserve all this hate. She's still giving me grief about the wedding and some issues about doing certain things, such as my bachelorette party invitations, etc. I know there are things that my fiancé and I want for the wedding that she will probably not agree with. I just want to know if I would be the astronaut for putting my foot down finally about what we want or just to go with and let my mom be happy. I have my fiancé, his family, and our friends telling us to put her foot down. A piece of me feels like this might cause more drama and that I can just suffer through my wedding day to please everyone. I also know that depending on what my mom has to say to family members that it could cause drama because my family is very critical about everything. They always talk a lot of crap. I don't talk to my mom's side of the family anyway. I only talk to about three people from her side, but one is a critical person. Should I just put my foot down and do what makes me happy? Yes, you should just put your foot down. What was the initial question here? Am I the astronaut for putting my foot down about my wedding? No, you wouldn't be the astronaut. You need to do it. And here's why. People who are getting married do not realize when a when a situation like this comes up, they don't realize that this is not just the wedding. This is a control play that will determine the rest of your life, how it's going to play out. If you let her have this, you know, you've heard the expression, um, give an inch and they take a mile. That's exactly what would happen here. Consider your wedding an inch in the grand scheme of your adult life, right? Or your married life here. You probably plan on having kids. You probably plan on moving at some point. You probably plan on a lot of married things, right? If you let mother exert control here, she's going to get a say in everything else that you do after this point. She wasn't just trying to control your wedding. She was trying to hijack it. She was trying to make this her wedding, number one. So there's there's a massive power play going on here. If she wants to have her own wedding, she can throw her own to renew her wedding vows wherever the hell she wants and she can make that a separate deal if you do not put your foot down now you are opening up the possibility a stronger possibility of her making a play for control over everything else that you do in your adult life heaven forbid you have kids that's when shit's really gonna hit the fan if you give in here this is the time to create boundaries yes she's paying for it she doesn't have to she gets a vote she doesn't get the veto vote She doesn't get the final say. And unless she's willing to accept those terms, tell them to screw off. They don't have to pay for anything. You can do the little thing that you guys want to do. Just make it your own way. You have to create and reinforce and stand by your boundaries here or there will be hell to pay later on. This go along to get along approach that you think is not going to create drama. It's going to create drama, too. And if her side of the family talks shit no matter what. They're going to talk shit no matter what. You cannot prevent that from happening. They are who they are. They need the drama to survive. It's just going to be whatever the topic is that day. It's not going to not happen. It's just a matter of, is it going to be about you or not? If her side of the family talks shit, wouldn't you rather the story be, wow, her daughter finally stood up to her and wouldn't let her bully her around rather than, oh, you know, the mom, this is really a mom's wedding. She's renewing her vows at the reception. She picked out all this stuff. It's everything that she wanted. What would you rather that narrative be? They're going to talk shit no matter what. You choose the story. It is more important to me, though, to look at this as a precursor for the rest of your lives. How much control are you willing to let her have? You want her to determine where you're going to live, what job you're going to do, how your kids are going to be raised, or do you want to do make those decisions yourself with your partner? Am I the astronaut for not wanting to cook for my partner anymore? Hey, Dusty, Candy, and Tony. Oh, look at that. They know the whole gang. Longtime listener and would really value your opinion on this one. I love to cook and to try new recipes. Last night, I showed my partner three different recipes and I would like to try and said he could choose between them for dinner. All the recipes had pictures and or videos so you could clearly see what was in them. I read out the ingredients list. He said they all sound good. In the end, we chose one that better suited the meat we had available to use. He said that one would hide too much of the flavor of the meat and the other we could do anytime because it was pretty simple. So the third option it was. I got all the ingredients from the shop, made the sauces from scratch and plated the dish as it was pictured on both of our plates. Now there was one vegetable in it that he had complained about before saying that it is always tough to eat, but I made sure to slow roast it till tender and season as well. 
This vegetable is at the top of the ingredients list and very clearly visible in the picture. He also was in the kitchen watching me prepare all of this. Once we sat down to eat, he pushed his food around and picked out the meat and cheese. I asked him if he didn't like it and he said it was good. He kept moving his food around, then I asked him again if he liked it or not because I could whip up something else. He said it's fine, but once he had a mouthful of that one vegetable, he got up and spat it out. I was furious. I felt so disrespected and hurtful. He just said, you know I don't like that vegetable, but he chose this recipe. I was so annoyed, I went straight to bed. When he came into bed, he said I overreacted and he ate the whole thing. But when I got up this morning, his plate was mostly still full of the meal and sitting on the bench. I might be being dramatic, but I really don't want to cook for him anymore. We've been together for many years, and he has never been this rude about my cooking. Will I be the Askinaut if I don't cook for him anymore? Oh, I mean, the, the question is, am I the Askinaut for not wanting to cook for my partner anymore? If we take it at face value right there, that's a feeling, right? Like the desire is a feeling. You can't be an asshole for feeling something. If you actually, it's, it's how you react or enact those feelings into action that can or can't make you an asshole. So I think it's how you follow through with this here. There's something I said before in, in stories about uh, people not liking cooking. And, and I feel like I have to go back and reference it and at least be a little bit consistent with that. I feel like when you're cooking for someone um, there, there, there's a risk involved, right? There's a risk involved to someone not liking it. And either that person can pretend to like it for your sake, or they can be truthful with you. And then you can know and take that observation for next time. The way that he handled it here, the way that your partner handled it here, uh, was, was pretty childish, you know, picked around at it and then said, uh, and then said, you know, I don't like that one thing. And then said that he ate the whole thing, but clearly didn't like he handled it. He didn't handle it. Well, um, I honestly don't think that you handled it great either though. And this is one of those things where, um, I mean, if you create new things and you're trying new recipes, somebody's bound to not like something. It, it's not a personal reflection on you. He acted like a child about it. And yeah, that sucks. He needs to change how he reacts to things there too. But on your end, as you're, as you're trying different things, you're going to come up on more things that he doesn't like, or maybe even you don't like. And how you react to those, I think, is how you can grow from it. You can take this as an observation, as a note, and be like, okay, well, we just know to avoid this kind of thing in the future. That's fine. Um, also, yeah, my partner's going to act like a child when there's something that he doesn't like. Maybe he was trying to spare your feelings uh, and then made to feel like he was being forced to eat the vegetable or whatever, but it turned into a childish thing pretty quickly. I don't think you have to take it so personally. I don't think like it's a personal reflection on you, and I think that him trying to hide the fact that he was going to not eat that thing was probably him tiptoeing around your feelings, which at this point there was no, there was no way of, of him not offending you in, in some way, shape or form there. So it's a risk. Whenever you try new things, it is a risk. Whenever you cook for people, it's not everybody's going to like it. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean that, that, uh, that he was disrespecting you. He just didn't handle it. Well, didn't handle it. I don't know. Handled it childishly. Yeah, I mean, he brozoed it up here uh, by acting the way that he did and then saying that he finished it when he didn't. He he acted like a child. I get that. And maybe it's him being childish that, that Opie found disrespectful here. But I don't think it's a I think a lot of people go through this where they create something and then and then they take it as a personal reflection on themselves. If people don't if people don't like it. Now, this is also out of character for for Opie's partner here who says we've been together for many years and he's never been this rude about my cooking. Now, the rude things were, oh, OK, hold up. His initial reactions and him saying what he said, uh, that was a childish reaction. When he came into bed, he said that she overreacted or said that OP overreacted and he ate the whole thing. So <sighs> that's obviously not a smart thing to say. And he bros it up even harder there by saying, oh, you just you just overreacted instead of instead of owning it being like, you know what? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I thought I could try that one thing and I, I didn't handle it well, whatever. Uh, he bros it up harder there. Tony Spark, it feels like you have something to chime in here about. Go ahead. Well, I feel like the other part that she's just really frustrated about is that they chose the recipes together. Like she showed it to him and let him pick and said, which one do you want to try? Which one do you like out of this? And he picked. And yes, it had a vegetable in there that he may not be fond of, but she was trying to include him in that. And he just now granted, he may have just been like, I don't care, make whatever. But right. that also then falls on him to be like, I don't want to have this. But I feel like that's part of her frustration is that she tried to include him in it and 
he said, yeah, they'll do this one. And then it still did. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he had the opportunity to wave that off several times and didn't. Uh, and maybe he was trying to be adventurous and, and give that vegetable a shot or something and just did not handle it well at all. I get that. I still don't think it's a personal reflection on OP. I don't think it is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's him saying like, because I don't like this vegetable. I don't like how you did this or now he did say, you know, I don't like that vegetable. So he did project a little bit onto OP there and like basically blame it on her, even though, even though he was there for all of it. And, and for that, yeah, I think it is, it does sway a lot more in, uh, in his direction for, for fault. Not that this is anybody's fault, but he had the opportunity to wave it off. He tried to focus blame on OP, then said that OP overreacted. He bros loaded up at every corner here. I still don't think OP should take this personally. Your partner just acted like an idiot and didn't handle it well. So maybe now, maybe uh, instead of this, this uh, refusing to cook for him anymore thing, maybe take a break. Maybe just not a permanent thing. It could be a temporary thing. But also, I think if he's, you know, got these strong of opinions and also uh, had those strong opinions, even though he was involved with the process, let him take it over for a while and be like, look, I'm. I need a break after this, after this scenario here. And uh, I need you to take the reins and you run with it for a while. And and then, you know, react honestly, whenever he cooks things that you don't like to, and just make sure that you've got an, an open line there. Am I the astronaut for eating before my date arrived at the restaurant? <laughs> uh, typically frowned upon. So for context, I'm not a foodie. I eat to get full and not as an experience. I'll often eat at home before dinner outings just because I don't want to wait and rather enjoy the experience of the outing, which for me doesn't involve the eating portion. I met this girl online and we agreed to meet at a restaurant for dinner to get to know each other a little bit better. Fast forward to the day of our date, we agreed to meet at 9 p.m. Now, my day was super busy with work and I didn't get to eat lunch and it was almost 8 p.m. and I was starving, so I got ready and headed to the date still having no food. I like getting to a date early so I can check out the environment, pick the best seats and just prepare in general, so I arrived about 45 minutes early this time. That's way early. Still starving, I decided I should eat to get that out of the way or I'd be hungry and cranky having to wait another hour or so before I can eat. I finished my meal and ordered a cocktail. By this point, my date is almost arriving. She gets to the restaurant and we instantly click. She's smiling and we're having a great conversation. She's touching my hand. It's overall going extremely well. Eventually, she asked if I would like to order some food, to which I responded, No, thank you. I'm not hungry. She insisted, saying that she didn't want to eat alone, but I told her not to worry and eat, and then I was just enjoying my cocktail. So we call the waiter over, and she starts asking him for recommendations, to which he responds with no ill intentions that it seemed I really enjoyed the tacos, so maybe she should try them. At this point, she was confused and asked what that meant, so I told her I had eaten some tacos before she arrived. She immediately becomes furious, saying that I'm rude and who eats before a date has even arrived. I explained to her that my goal was to get to know her and the eating portion wasn't important. Regardless, the whole mood changed. She ordered some food, ate, and made an excuse to have to leave. I haven't heard from her since, and that was last night. Am I the astronaut? Uh, yeah, it is rude. Here, okay, I understand. I understand what you think you're accomplishing here, OP, but because... Because it doesn't, you don't place value on the food portion of it, but you have to understand that people are, you know what, you know, when you take your dog out into into the yard to the poop, to do the poop, to do the poop. And, and they give you this look, like it's almost a look of shame, but they give you this look because they're making eye contact with you because they feel they're most vulnerable right then. Right. They're like, Hey person, do you have my back? Because I can't do nothing about shit right now. When people are eating, they feel that way too. They feel vulnerable. They feel awkward if you guys aren't both in that awkward state then it's more uncomfortable for one person so you made it more uncomfortable for your date there's a reason that at events like we don't take photos of people while they're eating it's because that's when people feel super vulnerable nobody wants a camera in their face while they're eating nobody wants to be the only one eating on a date that's weird it would make her feel much more uncomfortable and to to find out that you ate at the restaurant before right before she got there makes it even more awkward because you couldn't wait five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever for her. 
that makes it more awkward for her. And you didn't care about that. That's the perception here. I'm not saying that's the way it was. It wasn't your intention. It was your intention to get it out of the way so that you could focus on having a good time there. But in doing so, you made your date meal feel more awkward as well. Freaking keep a power bar or something in your car that you can munch on on the way to wherever you're going. That way you get your hangry side out of the way and then you can do something that's not disrespectful. She didn't take it well. Now, you know, that's not an okay thing to do. And you can move on and and have learned and grown from that. There there are a couple of other things in this story that uh, this is a unique individual, right? Potentially neurodivergent. They have they have their their own isms, like wanting to show up 45 minutes early to be able to scope out the place, get the best seats and just feel comfortable there first could be a neurodivergent thing. And and wanting to eat before people get there could be a neurodivergent thing, too. This could be individual things. But knowing that in a dating environment, it makes the other party feel more uncomfortable is something you have to take note of because it's going to happen again. This is going to come up again. Right. So just take note of it. An appetizer would have been probably would have been more acceptable if your date shows up and you've got a half eaten appetizer there or something that probably would have been more acceptable than than eating an entire meal and just sitting there with a cocktail afterwards and being like, no, I'm just going to watch you eat and talk because I want to watch you eat. That's watching people eat is one of my fun things to do. Also, how a person eats says a lot about who they are. So I want to watch you eat and determine if you're if you're good uh, spouse material or not. That's probably what the date felt like, you know, if we had gone on a date, Candy Thunder and uh, and I had been like, nah, I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to watch you eat. What would you have done? <laughs> she said she said I would have ate. <laughs> OK, there's a good point. She said when I was 20, it would yeah. have been it would be different when I was 20. Wait, I'm using wait, the microphone. Wait, what? What is is that Candy Thunder's voice coming from like in my headphones when I was 16 to like 22? I would have been uncomfortable, but then I decided I'm hungry and I'm going to eat when I want. And I ate popcorn chicken when you brought it home in like 30 seconds. I didn't hesitate and I didn't shit today. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have ate. Uh, also, I recommend always having a stash of Belvita bars on hand. Belvita bars, power bar, whatever. Have something on hand so that you don't have to don't have to put yourself in that kind of situation. Or like Real. stop at a gas station or swing through a drive through and get a little snack or something like a little snacky poo. We don't know OP's age uh, and maybe that has we don't know OP's age or, or the, his date's age. And maybe that does have something to do with it. Maybe, you know, in in your earlier 20s or before you got to that point where you just stopped giving a shit about what other people thought in that scenario, it did matter more. So, you know, maybe it's an age thing. Candy Thunder is my, my two conscience sides are Candy Thunder and Tony Spark. It just depends on what they're trying to get me to do. Am I the astronaut for intentionally making the wrong cake? I know the title doesn't sound great, but hear me out. Five years ago, my dad got remarried after my mom passed away following a lengthy illness. I was happy that my dad had found someone that made him happy, even if I wasn't thrilled about his new bride. She's always been kind to me, but I haven't ever gotten used to how she is with my dad. But hey, if he's happy, I can live with it. I recently visited my dad and stepmonster, I mean stepmom, to celebrate my dad's birthday. They had planned to get together at their house with some of their friends and her kids and grandkids. She always goes a little crazy when planning an event, so she was freaking out leading up to the party and was particularly rude and mean to my dad. I had told her that I would take care of making the cake. She reluctantly agreed, but said, Make sure it's gluten-free for my allergies. I told her, no problem, and rolled my eyes. Her gluten allergy always seems to act up or be an issue at very convenient times for her, so I decided to do a little test. I got all the ingredients for the cake and made a beautiful cake for the party. It came time to sing happy birthday and cut the cake. Everyone took a slice, including Stepmonster, and they all raved about how good it was. Stepmonster even had a second slice. After the party was over, the three of us were cleaning up and she found the empty cake mix and saw that it wasn't gluten-free. She flipped out. She started yelling at me for not taking her allergies seriously and how she knew something was off because now she doesn't feel good. I apologized and said I forgot. 
They went off to bed, and apparently she spent the whole night sick in the bathroom and berating my dad all night like it was somehow his fault. My flight was leaving the next day, and she seemed more than happy to have me leave and mentioned no less than five times about how tired she was from being sick all night. I know it probably wasn't the right thing to do, but I had enough, and I feel like now we all know that her allergy is just a convenient excuse. Am I the astronaut? I'm kind of torn on this because if it is a real allergy that just hadn't like kicked in yet, then, uh, then yeah. But if it is an act and it's just an act for, for attention or control or whatever it is, then yeah, that's, that's some bullshit. But how, how quickly do gluten sensitivities kick in? I guess that's the question. Given what we know about, um, about her, her gluten allergy now, would you say it's legit? Or is it potentially an act? Okay, Candy Thunder has something to say here. Here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here, here comes the voice of God again. So, yes. shouldn't the dad have gotten to choose? Like, shouldn't he have been able to choose his own cake? And why does her gluten allergy factor into the fact that it's dad's birthday? She should have had a gluten-free cake on the side for herself. And she should have bought it herself because it was the dad's birthday. So, he should have bought the cake that the dad wanted, made that cake, and no gluten allergy should have ever factored into the equation. If you want to have a cake at somebody's birthday and you have a gluten issue, buy your own cake because it's your issue. If they had gotten along and she wasn't a step monster, he probably would have made two cakes, gluten-free and reg- and, and gluten-not-free. Yeah. You know, sometimes God makes some really good points. But but I think the other part of this is somebody that said that it could take time for it to kick in, but it's very convenient that it wasn't until she found out that there was no gluten in it or th- that it that had there gluten was in gluten it that she was it. like, oh, no, I feel sick. How could you do that? It's very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, it's, you can't say now because I mean, who, but, but who would, who would in commitment to an act, lock themselves in the bathroom and pretend to have the Hershey squirts all night? Who would do that? That's commitment. That's a lot of, that's a lot of commitment. Maybe dad wanted gluten free as well. Uh, it's possible, but, but Candy Thunder, AKA voice of God makes, makes some really good points there that, yeah. Um, dad should have been able to choose and she's just forcing that onto other people. I don't know. It's, it, it's risky no matter what, like OP here didn't know for sure that it was an act. It was an experiment, right? So the experiment was to see if there was, if there was a reaction or not. And if you're intentionally giving somebody the immediate Hershey squirts, and that's kind of an asshole thing to do, especially since, since this person wasn't terrible to you said that, that she was always kind to you. just didn't like how she was with your dad. So, I mean, I get it, but it's just risky. I don't know. Messing with people's allergies and sensitivities could have very, very, very terrible unintended side effects. And, uh, and I, I would be afraid to do it myself because if something really, really bad happened, you're going to get thrown in the slammer because you made a cake with intentionally the wrong shit. I don't know. It it doesn't seem worth it. It doesn't seem worth it. Experimenting with health is an asshole move, but the point remains, if you need something that is unique, I think it's on you to make sure that you have that for yourself and you're not forcing that onto everyone else. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.